For new music, upcoming events, and Normandy Records merchandise, visit our website at normandyrecords.com. Thanks for listening to the Normandy Records podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Normandy Records podcast. I am your host, Eric Sanchez, and this week we're going to get straight into it. We're in the middle of a two-part interview with Sister Mantos, and I don't want to waste any time. The first episode was a lot about the background behind the band and how they were influenced early on, and this one dives a little bit more into Sister Mantos today and their latest project and a couple of other interesting things. So, Enjoy. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Give us a review. Thank you so much for listening. developed this you were going through different uh, uh creative like projects and then you started making your own thing and then when did you realize like okay this is this is special sister mantos is a little different or ha- did you ever did you ever feel that at all well yeah i mean funny enough it has everything to do with myspace um <laughs> and i actually just today i just um I just put put out my old record again because um, I I had put out a re- the first Sister Montes record came out in in two thousand nine, um, and I I hadn't put it on Spotify or anything. I had I had at one point before Spotify it was on iTunes in like two thousand nine, but I but ever since then I, I I didn't put it back out and then I just put it out today. But um, this is a uh, tough love or the fans of hate. So, yeah, so it's like a total okay. mixed bag of all kinds of stuff. Um, and, you know, and I look back at it now and some of it, I'm just like, oh, God, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm like, fuck it. There, you know, there's 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 a couple of songs that I still would play today in yeah. a different thing. But I, but I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is that I made that record, you know, by myself. OK. And then I. um I had a lot of friends who helped me. Obviously, it was a collaborative effort, but I, I was building all the songs at home. And I put the music up on MySpace. And when I put the music up on MySpace, I was able to connect with a lot of different people uh, across the world. Because at yeah. this point, because you know, this is 2008, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008, yeah. 2009, uh, MySpace was not like fully corporatized at this point. Okay. Yeah. And you really could connect with like so many cool musicians and the, the music part was like super alive. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, absolutely. You know, see when you're asking like, Oh, is this band something different? It, it, it was nuts because basically what happened is in the spring of 2008, I had sent my music out to like a bunch of different people. Like, and one of these people that, or, or not even sent out, I don't think I sent. well, yeah, I did send it out to some people who I was like, wanted to be friends with, you know, but like somebody hit me back 
and was like, oh, we love your record. We'd love for you to play a show. And it turns out that this show is in Budapest, in Hungary. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? And I'm just like, uh, what? You know, and at this point, I had I had, t- I had done one year of uh, studying abroad. In, not even a year, a, a summer, a little short summer where I had traveled outside the country. But, like, I had never really done that before. Um, but I got this message from these people, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you play this festival. And... What ended up happening is I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this festival. And it ended ended up that the festival would kind of, if I went to the festival, I wouldn't necessarily be able to go back to teaching because of the time. Yeah. So what I did is I quit my teaching job. Wow. Okay. And uh, luckily, you know, I had been like, been pretty good about like hoarding some of my money a little bit, barely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I quit the teaching job. That's so that summer I went on this crazy tour and the fir- you know, the like literally my first show in out of the United States ever, which was amazing. And like again, because of my space, because someone yeah, ran- yeah. randomly was like, Oh, we dig this song, we think you're cool. And that also led me to book a bunch of other shows throughout Europe, um, and even Japan. It was nuts. Like I basically took all the money that I had at that moment and flights were relatively cheap. Yeah. yeah. It was a very weird moment in time mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't think I could have, I know I couldn't afford that anymore now with this, the same amount of money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I saw, I saw that what I was, I saw that the music I had made was speaking to somebody far away. And then I, and then I found that actually in, I, I had some people who were really listening to it in Europe. Um, and then, and again, this is like, so like, it's so random, so weird, yeah. so strange. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, and then that, that kind of got the ball rolling for me sticking with the sister Montos idea as a, as a band. I, I always think back to those times, like 2008, 2009, the MySpace like time as like the foundation for what we're seeing now and how a lot of these like musical projects or just creative projects in general can use the internet as a real resource. Uh, do you remember mp3.com? I do. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so that was like to me like the early stages of recovering from what the music industry you know like when they dropped the ball with the downloading thing right and but it was like the beginnings of marketing your band or group or solo project through the internet um you know obviously streaming wasn't a thing at the time so like i always think back to those times as a progression and like where it stands now where you can have a, a total package just live online and actually, like, make something of it. I, I don't want to take away from the progress of uh, Sister Mantos and, and the story you're telling right now, but I want to ask you something about the scene in general. Because uh, mm-hmm. you, you've seen a lot. Like, you've seen a lot of transitions. Like, what's one of the things that has really stood out to you over the years? Huh. In general, of the transitions, um, I mean, a lot. I mean, you know, one thing that I'll say that I saw, you know, when 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 Cypress Hill and Rage Against the Machine were both huge, Mm. um, I think both of those bands influenced 
so many people like myself, you know, I love rage, man. Oh God. I love, love them. Love them. And you know, and I, th- I feel like they influenced so many, so many Brown kids. Absolutely, man. And we didn't necessarily have a, at that point. So we're talking early nineties, I guess. Yeah. Um, we didn't really have until they came around. We didn't really have a, a representation in the quote dominant culture. Right. Right. Because you had like the white bands, you had hip hop, which was still very much a, a black or, or Puerto Rican thing, you yeah. know, like it was, it was their thing mm-hmm. and, and rock and roll and metal was, was like someone else's thing. Right. But like when, when Cybercell and rage both became famous, I think, um, it really was a, it was a huge, it was a huge fire for a lot of us who were like, Oh, we're bilingual. Oh, we are Afro Latin. Oh, we are, we are, uh, maybe half white and half Latin, or we are mixed in this. We are from the Caribbean, you know, like whatever, like it it brought in all the, it kind of opened all these doors to us seeing ourselves represented. And, um, so I'd say what I've seen is I've seen that that wave was really big and then it went really down for a long time. Um, and I'm really happy that that wave now is, I feel like that wave is, you know, 10 times bigger now because it, it has now become like another aspect of the dominant culture when at, at some point it was, a, it was a special thing. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. What Sister Mantos brings to the table and all of the the artists that you know you play shows with that you collaborate with and in the bands that you uh associate sister mantles with like i i see sister mantles as one of the leaders in that in that whole movement in that whole progressive like approach to being part of the la scene where i didn't see that back then well you know i think um i, I appreciate you saying that I, I mean i i would say that we're you know uh we are a uh well, especially as a, as a live group, you know, we are a, a collection of a bunch of really talented and individualistic musicians who, who do their own things and who have always done their own thing and who have that punk element in them. So I would, um, I think it's like, you know, we're, we're, our, we are a part of a grander movement because there's, there's been so many people who we've been, inspired by and who we are also we've participated in so many different little scenes along the way um so i do i do think that we have something right now i will say though and this is something where i will be you know perhaps a little bit um uh i'll sound a little bit judgy and i mean this is even for myself too Mm -hmm. i i feel like one of the things that we see now is um We've, we have a much bigger wave now of, of what you would call Latinx, Chicanx music, whatever. What, and there's no good term, unfortunately, right. for right. us. Right. But you, we have this huge wave where, you know, where, you know, for example, Bad Bunny would be the greatest example. Like that dude is yeah. probably the most famous person right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Taken over. Um, absolutely. Completely taken over. But one thing that I think I, I still... I think one of our challenges for all of us is like there was something about the the anger and the politics 
of those bands like Rage and Cypress Hill that I, I feel like that's something that we still kind of need to be guided by, you know? I, I remember seeing bands like Union Trece as a kid um, in all these punk bands that, that, that looked like me and they were just all like, they had this message that had aggression, that had this like punk rock attitude. And I was like, oh fuck, like, where does that come from? You know, but like, it was only in a certain part of the city. Like it, once you left that area, you couldn't find that anymore. So you make a great point there where that the radius is much bigger, but the message is not quite as potent in that sense as it was. Yeah. And I think that's something where, you know, I, that's something that has guided myself and, you know, the people who we've played with and as sister Montos as the band, um, that's something that guides us lyrically is, you know, we're still, you know, we're still plugged into that because it's, you know, it's how I was, it's how we were raised. Like, and especially like me and me and John, who's uh, the, the guitar player who, who's on the last record on the uh, songs for the key of destroy capitalism songs in the key of destroy capitalism. Great record. Um, John, John and I are both, you know, we were, we were, you know, we were like raised on rage and on Cypress Hill and other bands. Yeah. And so, you know, we've, and, you know, and we also, the other thing about John and I is that we came from the noise scene too, because mm -hmm. I was also in like noise bands, experimental bands okay. along the way. So, you know, there's some, him and I have, uh, have often talked about how, you know, no matter what the music sounds like, we still have a relationship to like, you know, thinking about, okay, what, what are we dealing with as a people and what are the power structures that are working for and against us? And in most cases it's against us. Yeah. And, you know, what are, what are we thinking about what's happening with, you know, our, our people in the country on on the border outside of other countries what are we thinking about the the you know the the, the relationship that music plays to yeah. all that yeah. so so i mean that's been a really cool thing for for john and i and, and all the other members too but specifically john and i spend the most time together um, when we're writing and stuff yeah and we've been really conceptualizing this that stuff so we're very much we really, we really look back at a lot of the stuff and you know and i think right now one thing that I love is that there are so many more musicians that are able to make their music and put it out. And I think it's, again, like that wave, that wave came back like yeah. 10 times bigger. And I mean, now it's going to be there forever. Like yeah. they cannot erase it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think it's a great thing. I just, I just think that sometimes when I, and I, and I, I wouldn't actually say that so much about bands here in LA. Or, or, you know, or bands that we would necessarily play with because I think we associate ourselves with people who are trying to to say something. Yeah. Um, it's just that when you when you look at, like, the bigger pop acts mm -hmm. that maybe are, you know, they're using the brown edge to become more popular, but what are they really doing with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like there's... That's why... There's certain certain things that happen right now, and in general, like pop and dance music has gotten pretty reductive. I think in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. um, like you know, every song has to have the drop or whatever, you know, like. And I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah. I think it's finally wearing off. I think we've got a couple more years, and then it's going to wear off forever, mm -hmm. hopefully. But um, 
you know, I'm, I, I like the idea of, 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 you know, continuing, continuing the movement going. And, you know, and I mean, it's tricky because again, you know, what movement is it? The Latinx movement, Ch- Chicano movement, Chican, uh, you know, Ch- Chicano with all X's movement. Is yeah. it a Brown movement? Is it a tropical movement? Is right, it a, you right. know, a, a Latin pan Latin American movement? Is it an Afro Latin? Because we should be considering that Absolutely. as one that, you know, that we don't talk about enough. Is it a world movement? Is it a class movement? You know, so I feel like I, I try to kind of, I, it, all that stuff kind of brings me back to, you know, a, a critique of capitalism is really where we can, I like to kind of start there because you yeah. can, you can radius from there into so much and also thinking about, you know, a critique of the colonial system and a critique of colonialism and imperialism from the beginning, you know? Yeah. And, and again, that's one of those great things that I I feel like, you know, rage was able to, to literally write the lyrics down so that we could then research. Like, you know, it was because of the freedom video that I learned who Leonard Peltier was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it was then I learned who the American Indian movement was, you know? And I mean, this is part of our, of our story, you know, like this is, you know, and I, I think also one beautiful thing that we have going for us now too, is I think the indigenous consciousness is, has also flourished like a lot, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's always been there. I mean, it was always there. I remember in the, you know, in the late nineties, like it was there. You know, we, that was something that we were all catching up on, but I feel like, you know, our, since that wave has gotten bigger, there's been a lot of good things that come along with it, you know, and, and I, and I just want to make sure that we, we all keep trying to, to consider that, like, you know, like, yeah, like let's have Bad Bunny be good and famous. And it's great. Also the Bad Bunny, like, you know, wore uh, that shirt on Saturday Night Live to, in honor of the, the trans person who was killed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm like that's exactly what we should be doing, you yeah. know, like that. And that's who we are. Like that's, and I mean, to me that, that, that to me was like, awesome. Like that's a good thing. But on the flip side, you know, bad bunny might make some videos where m- maybe he's not being very cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think at the bad bunny level there, um, you know, I, I, this is all speculation obviously. Uh, but when I look at someone, an artist as big as bad bunny, I just think that there's certain things that, and maybe I'm just cutting him or her too much slack, but I feel like there's certain things they don't have control over. Uh, it might be. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. It might be. But, uh, but, but you yeah. know, I mean, I, I, I had read a good critique of his, um, most recent video where he, uh, where he, you know, he's wearing, um, makeup and an outfit to, to look like, um, to look like a woman. Yeah. And there was a there was a really good critique of it from uh, from a trans person who was saying that like this is not what this that you know kind of pointing out on how it was actually more doing more harm than it was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know again, that's why we and that's a, that's a good thing. We I think that's the kind of thing we would. It's good for us to be critical of each other. It's good for us to push each other. Um, you know, and it's good for us to also be like you know why is why is another big pop star like ariana grande why does why does she look brown now you know like right right, right. like is she, is she a latina i don't right, think right. so but what does that mean like what what are we you know so it's like the obviously when things get bigger and more corporatized i think everything just gets really weird so yeah i i, I do have a i do have feelings and and like my opinions about being marketed to when it doesn't feel authentic 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I, there's certain times where I appreciate it and I think it's cool and I, you know, hey, thumbs up. But there are other times where I'm just like, just, you know, back the fuck up, really. Like, I don't, that's not really what's needed here. So, yeah. And I, I think, yeah. I think that's what's, that's what, you know, that's going to be our new challenge because, I mean, obviously they know how much money they can make off our communities now. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think there's and also they, a responsibility within the community if, if you are creating something, like you have a responsibility to, to not do what they are doing, you know, just because your, your skin is a certain tone doesn't mean that you're immune to these, to these errors, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, we, we, we have a, an interesting, an interesting uh, situation around that. I, there's actually a documentary that came out, I think, today. Um, that's the, uh, it was a very, a short documentary about the, the band, the brat from East LA. Oh, I saw that on your, on your, on your stories. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really good. And if, and, you know, in those 10 minutes, they, they hit a lot of, a lot of really important points. Like for example, the singer, she mentions how, you know, how having a responsibility can also be a bit of a challenge because you also don't ask that of all the other bands. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So it's and it's and that's a really good point for her to make, you know, because yeah. you can also feel, you know, uh, pressured or pigeonholed or fake to do stuff. Absolutely. And then and in the, and also in the documentary, they talk about how, you know, they were they were pushing the Chicano culture on them in a way that made them feel uncomfortable. I, I do. I see that a lot, actually. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's again, it's one of the challenges that we that we that we bear as being, you know, as being the brown people. It's like you're either not doing enough or you're doing too much yeah. or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a constant challenge. But I bet for me, at least as, as an artist, I think, you know, I like music that talks about, you know, if, if, if at the bare minimum that, you know, talks about class struggle and about, you know, what it, what it, the, the inequities that you know women face, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, LGBTQ people face, that poor people face, that disabled people face—like you know, these are things that we need to. To I think we need to write songs about. And I was listening to Iron Maiden yesterday, which I used to like as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, like listening to it now, and it's been years since I've really listened to it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, Iron Maiden actually—they have a lot of like political lyrics. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like they're talking about being like poor people and what is it like to be a poor person, you know? And I mean, Black Sabbath did that. ACDC did that too, you know? And I mean, I think that's, you know, those are the things that I think are really, you know, I think that they last across time. They motivate people. They inspire you to think. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, growing up in South LA, that's what, that's why I gravitated a lot towards hip hop. Uh, although the stories weren't identical to to the things that were happening in my home, I think there was some like overlap that I really appreciated uh, from that genre, and I still do. Um, you know, and then later, as I was introduced to punk rock, I, it was the same thing. Like, okay, like this, I'm also mad. Yeah, let's let's be angry together. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I I've always appreciated that. Um, as I got older, I became a little more lenient towards other genres. Um, but you know, it, it's all, it's all at the, at the core of it. I, I do want somebody to like be upset 
and i that's why when i listen to sister mantos i'm like yeah this is this is great energy here um let's i want to talk about your record Gemame. um what <laughs> whenever i think about that record whenever i listen to that record i think about this one moment where i was at la cita and i think i was high and i was just sitting there in the booth like by the um by near near the near the exit in the back Mm-hmm. Like the little booth against the wall, or the benches against the wall, and somebody, a DJ, just starts spinning "Gemame," and like the bass is just like really taking over, and I'm just like hypnotized for about 30 seconds, and I'm like, oh fuck, okay. moment with that record i think that's so cool that's so cool uh has that been um like your most like well-received record uh like has that record been important to sister mantos yeah you know i mean for me it's for me it was a it was a very special moment because what i had done at that point, so that that song comes from the album called Unk, which is has a bunch of other has seven songs, I think. Yeah. And um, so for me, it's for me, it's really special because I had written that song after after ha- so I, I make the first record and go on tour in, in Europe and like I do that a couple times, like save up all my money, buy a ticket, do it again, you know. And um, when I when I had traveled to to Europe, the the, the thing that people would always ask me, they were just like, oh, so where are you from, you know? Mm-hmm. And my, my answer was like, well, you know, I'm from L.A., but I'm actually born in El Salvador. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, so you're American? And I'd be like, well, I mean, not really, because, you know, this country and I have a very strange relationship. Because, again, like we were talking about earlier, like I was a resident alien. I was a permanent resident. I'm a naturalized citizen. Right, right. I'm in a country that doesn't really want me, that caused the war, that were f- at least funded right, right. to the bazillionth degree, the war, and actually caused it, that it was happening in my country, yeah, you know, in my yeah. original country. So it's a, I have a very strange relationship to it. But what I, the point is, is that after I had come back from those tours, the one thing that kind of kept coming back to me was like, really starting to examine this personal relationship to identity and to music. So Gemame is one of the, one of those first songs that I wrote. I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to write these songs in Spanish because, you know, I'm comfortable singing that way. And also I want to, you know, take a look at playing the bass and making beats 
that are very much like in in the pool of what is like latin music or you know that flavor of music yeah. that is so for me it was important because i was able to really express a whole new side of myself through that song and i mean now i mean i feel like that 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 record and that, that the album that that song is on and that song um kind of pushed me a lot further into um writing songs and thinking about songs in that specific style um so yeah for me it's for me it's great i mean one thing one thing that's really cool for me and i'm super blessed about it was like um that's since that song got put out on a on a on a seven inch single by discos mas Mm -hmm. um that was really huge for me too because i'm i'm part of their catalog which is really awesome they have a lot of really great musicians and and probably the you know the even like gnarlier and more awesome thing that happened was you know i was able to give that seven inch to a lot of my friends who are djs yeah yeah so so i mean i feel like it it's this thing where um yeah it's 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 been a really it's been a i've been very grateful that it got put out on vinyl i've been really grateful that all the the DJs have played it, you know, especially like a lot of my friends who are in the Chulita Vinyl Club, they yeah. all, they, they've all played it, which I, you know, I thank them for sharing the tunes, um, for playing it in the, in the clubs. Like, yeah, it's been, it, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a great it's record. A bit, it's a great, it's record. a good, yeah, it's a good, it's a good song. If you're really proud about it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a sad love song, which are my favorite things. You know, I, I want you to, I like sad love songs that you can dance to. That's yeah. like my, my, <laughs> my favorite place to be. Yeah. Um, that song, uh, funny enough, it has its roots lyrically. The, the reason I got started writing that song, um, was because I had finally read the, uh, what is it? The portrait of Dorian Gray. Uh-huh. You know that it's that classic book you're supposed to read in high school, right? I, mean, I, um, I never read it, but I think is it called the Portrait of Dorian Gray? I think it is, right? I'm, I'm not it's, sure. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll look it up. I might be saying it wrong. It's okay. it's like one of those classics. It's like it's like reading Moby Dick or whatever, you know? Okay. <laughs> it, it's just like a book you're supposed to read in high school that's like that no one cares about. But I read it um, as an adult, and it was it's basically a story about to sum it down to how I took it. It's about falling in love with this person that yeah. is like the, the it's picture, like the, the picture of the Dorian picture. Gray, right? By the Oscar picture of Wilde. Dorian Gray. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So uh-huh. it's, it's the song is 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 my take on what it felt like to fall in love with the wrong person, and it's also a book about addiction too. It's a book. It's a book about opium addiction, and it's mm-hmm. a book also about you know, not wanting to grow old and a bunch of other stuff. And I won't even pretend to remember all of it because I won't, but, but it, it inspired that song. So, uh, you know, that's something that you may not know that it's inspired by some old, you know, book, that's some old great. British book. That's great though. That's great. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a beauty thing. That's a beauty about art and, and everything that's like creative, even if it's not like, you know, released commercially. It, like, I think it just creates something like in or around people that is sure enough going to communicate in one way or another. 
Um, you know, it's ma- it's making me realize right now that I need to read more books again because good songs come out of books, even if there's some random idea. That's very true, so. actually. That's very very true. Uh, I I, I My have a, I have a hard time reading books because I love I love hearing reading other people's perspectives, but then I just like. If I read something that really hits me, my mind just goes to a hundred different places and I'm just like inspired. And then I just like, it takes me forever to read a book. Uh, but my appreciation for literature is there. It's just a little different. Uh, oh, same here. Same here. I mean, the reason I read that book was because I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, this is a book I should have read in high school. I'm going to challenge myself just to read it. <laughs> like it, it was like, it was like doing like, it was like doing a, you know, like, I'm going to challenge myself to run five laps or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. I did it literally just for the exercise of it. And then I, and I like I like Oscar Wilde a lot. So, I mean, it was also why I was, I was like, okay, Oscar Wilde's cool. I like his short stuff. I'm going to just sit and read this book, you know? Yeah. Because again, exactly what you're saying. It's, I have a hard time to sit there and read them. I can read like histories or, or biographies, but like books or, yeah, it's, it's a, but it's Not great. one of my strong suits. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's great. It's great. I'm reading The Art of War right now, which I've never read. And um, oh, cool. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Um, uh, your latest record, "Songs in the Key of Destroy Capitalism." Uh, what's what's the approach you took for that record? Um, I have to say, my favorite track off that is "Marciana Tomasa." Awesome, um, thank you. I was driving back home from the Bay uh, when that record first came out, and I was listening to it. And when that song kicked on, and then you just like you just blew up in the chorus. Like I don't know how else to describe it, but when you take this this like little segment of music that I've heard probably thousands of times in my throughout my lifetime, and then you just kind of just like threw a grenade in there and you just like you know what i mean uh i was like fuck this is so good you know like this is a great interpretation of something that's so familiar with energy with like brand new energy
Well, so that record has a has oh man, it's got it's got way too many stories to tell because it's got a lot of crazy stuff in it. But the 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 basic idea was that the record prior um, was made. I made it by myself with a bunch of bunch of musicians, but it was myself and the computer traveling to people's houses or you know like just recording them doing licks and stuff and then going nuts cutting it all up um so for example kemame has so many weird layers that i could have done so much quote-unquote easier but i didn't you know what i mean i just i spent forever so on the so what happened with the new record is that between the time period that that other record was done the band became a band which which had more or less uh, pretty pretty regular members one of them being john the guitar player um alan who had played with me for a long time danny who was our drummer at, the, at that time period um david a keyboard player um ria who is a singer and guitar player and sanja who was also singing and also plays some guitar on the record too yeah, okay. so so we had been a band for about i'd say Probably about three or four years on and off. And, you know, the band had always had members who would come and go and change and morph in and out. But the the way that that record came about was it was really the record that happened when we were all together in the room. So, for example, like, like the song Marciana going to the really hard part, you know, it's it was the kind of thing where that's actually really natural for us because it's like, okay, we'll learn this classic cumbia song because it's a really cool song. Mm-hmm. We like Caifanes, and we also know that it's going to get people dancing. Like, just, you know, that's the basic thing. Like, people need to dance, give them something that they know. Cool. But then, you know, once we start playing it, myself, I'm I'm not musically trained in any uh, traditional way, nor do I ever play the songs traditional in in like a stylistic way or whatever. Yeah. So when we took the song, we really simplified it as as much as we could, you know, to to make it work for ourselves. And I mean, really for myself, because I I need to keep it simple because I sing and play at the same time. Yeah. So the it becoming punk was like just literally so natural because it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna play it, and then like okay so now they're dancing so okay let's do the part where we you know go fucking nuts like we have to it's just it's just like part of our that is my favorite record but i honestly don't want to take away from the rest of the record because the record from beginning to end is an experience it's it's it takes the listener on a real journey from beginning to end awesome thank you i really I, i really do try to get an experience i'm a i'm a fan of listening to albums you know so i like that idea of going start to finish do you feel like more people are drifting away from that? Well, I mean, everything goes in cycles, right? So I think right now we are in the cycle of the playlist. Um, yeah. And we are in the cycle of the, you know, everyone releasing singles. Yeah. Because I think it, I think it makes more economic sense. It makes more um, marketing sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I have a feeling, you know, give it another couple of years and I think hopefully we'll see. But I, I, I do I do think there is there is a lot of merit into an album as a idea. Absolutely. Um, 
And I like that. I like it because I also just, I like the idea of a concept record. Like I've always been into um, concept records. Um, and, you know, like Pink Floyd is a good example of that, you know. But um, but yeah. same thing with like, like Rage or, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Cypress Hill. Like these were records yeah. that you could listen to forever and, and like one song kind of bleeds into the next, you know. Um, so, so for me, I, I, I like thinking about it that way. And then when we're working on a new one now, I'm about, you know, maybe 20% in of it, but this one's moving a lot faster, even though that this quarantine's making it a challenge to, to record, but, um, this is another, another concept record. So I, uh, I don't know. I think I think maybe it's not in style, but you know what? I'm sure I, I, it'll come back in style. People will get into albums again. I, I think I they think. will. I, I think I think for in large part, people will still appreciate it. Um, but the the thing is, there there are just I think there are just so few of them that it seems like people aren't into the concept records. But um, I don't know. I I appreciate what you what you and the rest of Sister Mantos continuously puts out even your visuals your your music videos it's very on brand it's very cool it's like it's 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 an experience and i know that when i go and i and i'm consuming some sister mantles content whether it's visual where it's it's with it's like uh something you wrote or or musically something that you listen to it's all within the same world of sister mantles so uh i salute you for that one thing yeah thank you thank you i mean and again i that's Thanks to all the amazing collaborators who who I've I've been able to to play with. It's Absolutely. especially that record in particular is I mean is everyone's blood and sweat is in that one. Absolutely, that's super awesome. Um, any plans to print that on wax? You know, there was an original plan, but um, the 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 label that was going to do it basically just like dropped the ball and it took them forever to do it. So. Um, no, but I mean, if that label wants to do it or if anybody wants to do it, I would be into it. I'm considering, um, I'm considering doing a, a, a pressing of it. It's just that at, at the current moment, as you know, everything's nuts. Yeah. Um, and there was also a big fire in relationship to vinyl pressing. There was a fire of a plant what? here in, here in the United States. Yeah. Which one? Um, Do you know which one? Uh, you can if you Google like fire record record store record vinyl record plant fire. Okay. Like it should come up because it's a big deal. It's so sad. Because because you know vinyl records, even though they're very available and we can find them, and there's brand new ones all the time. Like the the production is it's limited. You yeah. know, there's not yeah. a million production places. There's not. And I would even say I doubt there's even a thousand places to get your record made because when it, when you want to get a vinyl made, you really have about three to five choices in the whole country. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. So so there was this big thing. Um, I know that um, Dark Entries Records they they talked about what a challenge it was going to be to make records now without this plant. Um, that's, so, that's super unfortunate because yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Um, man, I'm going to look into that. I actually had no idea. Yeah, it was a big deal. It happened, it happened, um, I want to say it happened about six months ago, 
but yeah, I would, I'd be into putting it out on vinyl. Um, I really liked the. I mean, the one thing about that record actually that the reason I, the intention was to always put it out on vinyl because we have a lot of really good photos and artwork, which you can't see on Spotify. Right, you know what yeah, I mean? You, yeah. you only get one image. Um, so I would, I would like to, I would like to put it out. It would be, it would be really cool, but either way, either way, it's, I'm happy that it's out there as it is. And I think, you know, it's also very much, it's very accessible when it's digital. So that's chill. Um, well, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to. Well, uh, if it does, I'll be very excited for that. And uh, I think if anyone's listening and hasn't listened to the record, go ahead and give it a a, a spin, a stream, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a very interesting record. It's very unique. And uh, there aren't many other people making records like Sister Mantos. So um, you're definitely in for a treat there. Um, I have one more question for you. Um if you had to give a young aspiring musician who's like starting their first project, starting their first band, or is in their garage right now writing their first song because they want to be, you know, performing at whatever, you know, whatever venue, whatever festival, whatever small festival, like what kind of advice would you give them? Mm. Um, well, I think... If they're, I mean, these are some of these are going to be very, um, you know, just technical things, but but they're all, but they're more than that. One of the most important things you need is you need a guitar tuner. So whether whether if you're going to play guitar, bass, or whatever, you need a tuner. And I know that sounds like the silliest thing ever, but having a tuned instrument is going to allow you to play well with others and to sing well. So that's just like the first technical thing to get out of the way. Um, Second thing I'd say is that there needs to be a level of of responsibility to yourself, which means if you want to be like a noise band that is always improvisational, cool. Like never practice, always throw your set down the minute you get to the venue, cool. If you want to be a really tidy band that's, you know, super tight, practice if you want to be somewhere in between do it but like i think there's a responsibility to yourself and to the 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 practice of being a musician that actually has a lot to do with like you know showing up on time like having the having a, a case for your instrument like picking up your own stuff like all this classic stuff so i'd i'd put that in the category of like here are my tips like follow those things mm -hmm. just so that everything goes right and then on the, the the on the creative side i'd say um you know one thing that i that i've always done is like try to look for a formula in the songs that you love and it's not so that you can recreate the formula because you're never going to get the same results. But I think as someone who, who never studied music or reads music, I don't, but I, I can, I can write tunes. I can play with other people. And I think a lot of that has to do with just like finding my favorite songs and like just obsessing over the way that they're created. The, um, for example, the changes, like you don't have to know the chords. You don't have to write down 
what you don't have to do all that but it's like good to know about structures and i think especially for me because i i do like pop music um i 80s pop 70s pop disco funk like i mean that's where my head is at but like i always like to think about things in a structure because it's it's a good tool if you want to make that kind of music if you want to make experimental music then you know you have you know your own ways to to go about it but i i like looking for patterns yeah looking for patterns in your favorite music um and then the other thing is have trying to get rid of your shame because i feel like some of the best singers and some of the best musicians that I've ever been inspired by are, aren't necessarily people who are the quote unquote, the greatest in their instrument. They just do it. You know, they just, 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 they just throw it down and they, and they give it all they can. So I, that's something that has always inspired me. And that's why punk has always been so, so crucial to me because it was always like, Oh cool. You can just get this instrument, plug it in. Now you write a song practice it then you play the show like it never had to be about like oh is it good enough did you write did you do the right note right, at the right, right time yeah yeah you know so i feel like that's something that's that's a yeah like just trying trying to get rid of the fear trying to speak from your 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 deep deeper voice and i mean one thing i like to do when making songs which is does you know can be a challenge is i really do try to um you know think about those things that are really, you know, like the heavy shit, like the, those, those times when things have been really happy or really heavy or beautiful or really challenging. And like to use that as fuel for, for what you do. So you put all those things together, you know? Absolutely. That is great advice. Yeah. Super solid advice. Um, thank you so much uh, Oscar for coming on to the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I enjoyed chatting with you. I honestly still have more questions, but I'm going to end it here because we're getting close to the, to the two hour mark. Um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But I, I do want to thank you again uh, and express my appreciation for you and your creative work, uh, your work in the community as an educator. I think you definitely deserve appreciation for that. Um, because it's super important. I, I mean, society might think otherwise, but being an educator is super vital to the development of these generations. So thank you for that. Um, you know, thank you for your work with Radio Pulgarcito. Uh, you guys have been very supportive of us and our projects. So thank you for that. Um, and just, you know, thank you so much, man. Uh, is there any way, like, um, where can people find you? Like, what's, what's your social media and your websites for your merchandise and things like that? Yeah. So, um, well, well, first off, again, thank, thank you for having me and for all the the kind words. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of what you're saying is, uh, uh, to me, it helps me to, you know, stay inspired to, to continue to do this work. And, and I, I'm looking forward to sharing the next videos and music with you and I'm hope, hopefully you're going to dig it. Um, if people want to hit me up, um, I mean, uh, in- Instagram is probably the, the quickest and fastest way. Um, they can send DMs through through there, but um, there are times when I turn off my Instagram because it's social media is nuts. So the the best way and with the easiest way to be 
seen is just to met, send an email to sistermontos at gmail.com if you want to have like a talk about something and we want to have a record of it. Um, and then all the, the, all the videos, music and merch and everything can be found at, at sistermontos.com. And, um, yeah, those are, those are my, the, the best avenues to, to, to get at me. And, and this would go to anyone who's listening, um, who, uh, you know, wants to talk about music production or, um, any of the things that we've mentioned and, and want some help. Um, I'm, I'm available to do that. And I also do record bands too. Um, so that's, that's another thing that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, I, I particularly like to usually work with, you know, people of color, um, women and queer folks, um, and like to, you know, help them out as much as I can and continue to continue the musical movement. And especially any of our, any of your listeners who are are Salvadoran, Central American, you know, however I can help. So I'm here as a resource too. I mean, I'm not always available, but I, but I'm happy to, to get any conversation started with anybody who might want to go in that direction. Thank you for that. Shout out to the Brown Starship, that banana leaf boy record you did. Super awesome. Yes. Shout out to him. Super dope record. Yeah, I think it came out really good, and you know, um, I think that I think we, uh, I think it's it sounds good, and that's like the kind of the the latest and uh, I guess situation with the studio, like the latest set of tools that I have. So I'm, I'm really happy with that one, and we're working on I'm working on a new song right now, recording a new song. It's all her, but um, recording fake jazzes. Uh, she's got a song that we're working on. Nice. So oh, you also did a record with uh, with Linda Nuez. Which yo, yeah, I love that song, and I, I as soon as I heard it, I texted her and I said, "This this song is is great. This is awesome." Um, I forget what it's called though. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, she well, yeah, a veces a veces uh, pareces. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's great work, great work. You, you, oh yeah, you know that's awesome. uh, it's funny. It's funny because Linda and I have a few songs from those sessions, and um, those were all like unfinished. Like we could have we we were both so anyway i'm super happy they're out and i I just know that linda and i have a whole other story to tell we have so much more we can do when when the time is right she's such she's, she's so talented on so many levels so and talented. so talented but like people don't talk about her as a songwriter like we should be talking about linda new as a dj actress organizer yeah mc uh, yes performer singer dance yes everything she's so badass she's a she's a a a true hustler like not in like the shady way in the sense that like she is just like super on and and everything yeah she's she's awesome she's awesome and i i think really as a songwriter we have we have only seen just the beginning of london Nunes as a songwriter and i'm happy that i was able to be a little bit a little bit of a part of that and i'm a big big fan of her music but yeah watch out for the fake jazz song hopefully be coming out in 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 by the summer i i hope and i'm a super big fan of fake jazz super big fan of of her musicianship um so yeah there's yeah there's more more stories to tell that's awesome that's awesome and uh best of luck on all these projects i will be listening and thank you again so much for coming on to the podcast i enjoyed chatting with you thank you thank you so much for having me thank you for the work you're doing thank you take care cool okay see ya bye-bye Bye. 
For new music, upcoming events, and Normandy Records merchandise, visit our website at normandyrecords.com. Thanks for listening to the Normandy Records podcast.